with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When Judas had left him, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So you should also love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples. If you love for one another. Gospel of the Lord. On December the second, eighteen oh two, or was it eighteen oh four? Napoleon Bonaparte forced the Pope to come to Paris to crown him emperor. And the Pope, therefore, went to Paris. But at the moment of coronation, Napoleon took the crown into his own hands and crowned himself. A bad beginning. When he was defeated, as you may remember, he was exiled to the island of St. Helena, where he died under rather, some would say, mysterious circumstances, and was buried there, too, for a while. Eventually, the French government prevailed upon the English, and his body was returned to France and to Paris. There is a place, actually, on that island of St. Helena they refer to as the empty tomb. If you've ever visited his tomb in Paris, it's quite a place, unlike any tomb I've ever seen. He's buried in an elegant casket, and his casket is on a lower level. And when you are on coming to it from above, in order to see the tomb of the emperor, you have to bow to him to see it. It all speaks of glory, that important quality. If you consider glory to be the recognition and the praise of someone's excellence, it's something after which people seek. They want their excellence recognized and praised. In some ways, Once again, that was the original sin, the desire for glory, but to possess the glory of another, in this case, God. There are times when we have to recognize and praise someone's excellence, and we should. 
If we praise it as a gift, never forgetting the origin of the gift and the giver. So people seek after glory. You sometimes have, hear the expression, so-and-so went out in a blaze of glory, which means they died violently but heroically. Our Lord turns all of that upside down in today's gospel. The idea of glory being the recognition and praise of someone's excellence. That begins with the Trinity, by the way. And within the Trinity, between the three persons, he says, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Glorified. How is the Son of Man glorified? And how is God glorified in him? He's glorified through an act of obedience. The Son does the excellent thing, the infinitely excellent thing, of obedience to the Father. And in doing that, he gives glory to the Father too. He said, if God is glorified in him, if my action, my obedience, recognizes and praises the excellence of God, that God will glorify him in himself. And God will glorify him at once. What's he telling them? He's telling him that his glory lies not in the recognition and the praise of some earthly excellence. It lies, as I said, in that act of loving obedience to the Father. And that means his glory lies in the cross, in his suffering and death. That's glory turned upside down. Ask the world if it wants that glory, and the world will say no. I don't want my glory to be an act of loving obedience that actually comes to that. That glory should be just the opposite, an act of infinite humiliation. Something the world will see as infinite shame becomes the greatest act of glory ever offered to God and given to God. And we must see that too in our own lives. As we search for recognition and praise, our recognition and praise should come the way it comes to the saints because of their loving obedience to God. Their willingness to give themselves totally and completely in sacrifice to him. We can say that we, will, that we give glory to the saints and we do because of what they have done because of what they were given to do it. They did it all in their suffering and death each in his or her own way. That's why we need to read the lives of the saints, by the way, in order that we may understand what glory really is and how we give glory to God. Not on my terms, as our Lord didn't, but on his. Remember that he could have had it all. The devil wanted him to. He rejects everything except the loving obedience to the Father. That is the only thing that he has come to do. Once again, we have that strange uh, idea of God's time. Thirty years obeying, th three years preaching and working miracles, and three hours redeeming. He does his greatest work in three hours. 
I mentioned this before. Often I will think that people, while they are very active in life, think that they are doing great things. Maybe they are with what God has given to them. They may deserve to be recognized and praised. And then they will think that they aren't doing much. But once again, very often, that person in the nursing home who seems to have no capacity whatsoever may be giving greater glory to God than you and I are giving to him. Simply because in some form of obedience that makes no sense to us, they are giving themselves totally to him. Which brings our Lord then to love. Only then to love. Now he says, I give you a new commandment. They won't understand this either because he turns love upside down as well. Love one another. In our world, I give you a new commandment, period, exclamation mark. It ends there. But it doesn't. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. Again, we come to the agape love, don't we? The love that's sacrificial, victimal. The one who is the victim for all humanity. Once again, is the love of the cross. It always comes back to the cross if you want to learn. And that's what love is all about. There is no sacrifice greater than the sacrifice of love. And there is no love without sacrifice. Anybody who is here who has ever committed themselves to another person, particularly in marriage, knows that that love must be sacrificial and mutually sacrificial if it's going to be the love that you had always hoped it would be. Interesting, too, isn't it? That every man, as I've said before, promises a woman a love that only God can give. And every woman promises a man a love that only God can give and makes possible. He gives them his love to do what he did. That's what grace does. He gives us his love to do what we ourselves could never do, to love in ways that we could never love. We can because of what he has given to us. Uh, That, too, is something amazing. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, that you have a love for one another, unlike the love of the world. That's how they will know that you are my disciples, because you possess my love. And you are witnesses to my love because I have given it to you. Now, of course, it goes up without saying that the ultimate giving of that love to us comes in the Eucharist, in his body and blood. He doesn't just give us his love from a distance. He gives us his love as he came in the incarnation. We receive infinite love into ourselves, therefore giving us the capacity to become that love to others. Otherwise, it's simply my affection. And the world has probably had about enough of my affection. It wants the love of God And that love comes only as he gives it to us. So the next time you say, I love you, remember what you're saying. You're saying something sacrificial and victimal to another person. There was a a French mystic, uh, a Madame Guyon, who reflected on this love, and she said... I love thee, Lord, but with no love of mine, for I have none to give. I love thee, Lord, but all the love is thine, and in thy life I live. I am as nothing, and rejoice to be emptied and lost and swallowed up in thee. 
That's love. 